Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. Happy Father's Day! I'm excited to be on the air this morning talking to you about Father's Day on Father's Day. Every Father's Day, I try to discuss something that concerns the issue of fatherhood because I think it is something that is so important, and I think it's something that our society has completely lost sight of. I'll get to that in a minute. But suffice it to say for now, happy Father's Day. I'm so glad for all the fathers that are in the audience. You have such a privilege to be able to influence the next generation through your kids, to be able to influence your kids for good, to be able to love them, to be able to train them, to be able to develop them into the people that God made them to be. What an incredible, incredible privilege as I consider Father's Day and as we discuss Father's Day, it's sad to remember that so many in our society have never had an example of a good father. I was talking to a friend recently who works in prison ministry, and he said that Mother's Day in the prisons is absolutely busy, chaotic. Every single inmate is striving and doing everything they can to get a message out to their mothers. But he said, when it comes to Father's Day, there's virtually nothing going on. That all these prisoners in the prison system have been affected by negative examples of fatherhood. And in a lot of cases, that's exactly why they ended up where they ended up. They never saw what it was supposed to be like to be a real man. I'm talking about those men that are in prison, obviously. But the reality is that so many fathers have been absent, and it has caused so much pain in so many people's lives. Well, if that's you, there is hope, and you can have a wonderful and authentic friendship with Father God. And Father God is not at all like any bad example of a father that you've ever seen. I'll discuss all this today on the show. I just wanted to start by saying no matter what your perspective is, whether you're coming in this morning saying, man, I have a great relationship with my father, or if you're coming in saying, I never had a father or a good example of a father, no matter who you are, you'll get a lot out of this show. And if you are a father, I hope you'll get a lot out of this show as well, that you'll be encouraged once again to be the kind of father that God wants you to be, to love your kids the way God wants you to love your kids, and even to love your spouse because that's a part of being the father that God called you to be. Well, as I consider being a father myself, I can't go on without talking about my wonderful kids. Eliana, Kara, and Micah are the greatest treasure that anyone could ever ask for. Happy birthday, Kara, who turned three yesterday. And as I consider my kids, I am just absolutely amazed and thankful that God put them in my life. Eliana has got the most compassionate, thoughtful heart of any little four-year-old I've ever known. She is so, so sincere and so generous and so kind. It's unbelievable to me to see the compassionate heart that God's put in her from very early on in her life. Before she could even talk very much, we saw this incredible compassion in her. And Aaron and I were amazed that God had so uniquely 
created her and gifted her even aside from us. She's not just a conglomeration of our genes, but a unique person made in God's image with unique gifts and talents. Eliana, I love you, and I'm so thankful for you, sweet girl. And our little Kara is just the most energetic little firecracker. <laughs> She's always having fun. She's always smiling. She's always joking around. She's always running, always jumping. She's got all sorts of energy. She brings so much joy to us. Kara, I love you so much, and I'm so thankful that I get to be your daddy. Finally, Micah. Micah was born this past January, almost six months ago, and he has brought so much joy to our family. I wanted a son for so long, and I was so, so, so encouraged. I was so blessed. I was so excited when I found out that we were going to have a son, and I couldn't be more thankful that God gave us a son. I love my girls, and I'm so thankful that God also gave me a son. He is such a joy. I've never seen a little baby laugh so much, squeal so much, smile so much, and wiggle so much. Micah is constantly, constantly trying to have fun, and he's constantly brightening up our home. Well, I love you, Eliana, Kara, and Micah, and on this Father's Day, I am the happiest father alive because God put you in my house. And as I consider my kids, I have to consider my wife, Erin. Erin's the greatest wife that a guy could ever ask for. So sweet, so humble, so generous, never complaining, never arguing. She's never, ever, ever, ever causing any kind of trouble or grief. I feel like I've been given the most peaceful and easy to live with woman in the world. She's amazing. I thank God so much for you, sweet Erin and for the wonderful mother that you are to our kids, and for all that you do to help me be the father that God wants me to be. Well, happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. I hope you'll enjoy it with your kids and with your families today. And what a day to celebrate fatherhood. Well, as I promised, when we think about fatherhood, we're often reminded of the picture that our society portrays of fathers. And it's not a very good one at all. Fathers are seen in today's society as predominantly a negative issue. In many cases, they're seen as ignorant or as self-serving or as detached. I heard it said once that mothers know all the hopes, dreams, and desires of all their kids, and fathers are vaguely aware of the little people in the house. Now, of course, that was a joke, but in reality, it depicts the picture that men have earned in our culture as detached, as unwilling to be involved in the lives of their kids, as serving their own interests, not those of their kids and families. That's a very messed up picture, and it's not at all what God intended fathers to be like. Now, it's not just society painting a bad picture. A lot of men have earned this reputation for dads. And on behalf of dads that have earned such a bad reputation, as a dad, I want to say we are sorry. We as men were created to follow God and to lay down our lives for our wives and families, to be the servant of our families, to work hard for our families, to love our families, to live in harmony with our families. And so often we've been focused on just about everything other than that. 
serving only ourselves. So if you've been hurt by fathers in the past on behalf of those fathers, I want to say that we're sorry and we ask your forgiveness. Now, on the flip side of the coin, society has also portrayed fathers negatively in ways that men didn't deserve or maybe in general shouldn't deserve. It's even been a fad recently to say that families do not need a father, that fathers don't have to be in a family. And in fact, large percentages of our population are now growing up without fathers in the home. And this is a really, really, really dangerous, dangerous situation. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless children and runaways come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists motivated by displaced anger come from fatherless homes. 85% of children with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 85% of youths in prison come from fatherless homes. And teenage pregnancy is more than twice as likely in fatherless homes. Additionally, girls are almost three times more likely to become single parents if they grow up in single parent homes. The idea that a mother and father aren't needed in a family, that a mother and father aren't needed in a home is preposterous. And it is a tenet of the liberal left that is absolutely ridiculous. Children are designed to grow up with both a mother and a father. As a father, I cannot give to my kids what only my wife can give to my kids. I can't give them what I don't have. Similarly, she could never give to our kids what she doesn't have and what only I can give. It is vitally important that kids have both a mother and a father in the home. And all these other experimental versions of the family fail at raising children that can be healthy and successful in life. That is statistically accurate. You can get those stats by going to godsolutionshow.com and just looking for this show. I'll attach the notes. But anyway, I'll quote them again just to prove the point that fathers are needed in the home. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless children and runaways come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists motivated by displaced anger come from fatherless homes. 85% of children with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 85% of youths in prison come from fatherless homes. Teenage pregnancy is more than twice as likely in fatherless homes. And girls are almost three times more likely to become single parents if they grow up in single parent homes. The verdict is in. Two parents are needed in a family. And a mother and father need to be those two parents. Well, even though our society has turned on fathers and made fathers out to be unnecessary, quote unquote, I think it's important to realize all the societal issues that would be completely resolved if dads would just man up and be the dads that God created them to be. Abortion, abuse, bullying, poverty, violence, so many other issues, drug abuse, they would all be dramatically impacted if dads would begin to love their kids and to love their families the way they were created by God to love them. This is so important and it's vitally important that fathers will own up to the task that God has given them and become the dads that God made them to be. If you're a dad, your kids desperately need you. And they don't just need you to be present, they need you to be involved. So many dads think just being in the picture is enough. 
Well, it's better than not being in the picture or being only partially in the picture. But just being present isn't enough. Kids need you to be actively involved in their lives as well. They need you to be teaching them the fundamental issues that will help them be successful in life. And they especially need to be taught how to love God and the truth of Scripture. And they need to see that modeled in our lives as dads, not just spoken, but lived out day to day. I wish you all the best as you strive to be the dad that they need. And for all those that are struggling with being the dad that they know God wants them to be for their kids, there is hope. See, God tells you that he gives you, if you've put your trust in him, his Holy Spirit, who enables you to be the dad that he wants you to be. The Holy Spirit produces in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. And all those characteristics are the very characteristics of good fathering and good fatherhood and good fathers. So if you're thinking, I can't possibly be the father that I need to be on my own, well, you're absolutely right. Come to Jesus. Admit that you need him. Put your trust in him if you haven't already. And allow him to live his life through you by the power of his Holy Spirit, producing his fruit in you so that you can love your kids the way he designed you to love them and the way they were designed to need your love. I pray that the promises in scripture which say he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers will become a reality in your family. You can read that promise in Malachi 4.6. Again, it says, He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And I pray that today on Father's Day, the hearts of your children would be turned back to you and that your heart would be turned back to your children. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution on KUR 91.9 and 93.9 FM in Durango and KDUR.org online. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Father's Day. That's actually what we're talking about today is the importance of fathers. We're maybe deviating a little bit away from the evidence for faith, but this is an important topic to discuss. So many people that I've met in ministry feel like they can't come to God, not because of a lack of evidence, not because of an intellectual issue, but oftentimes because they've never seen a picture of of a good father. And in fact, many of them have kind of attributed to God the negative criteria and the negative characteristics of the fathers that they had. And because of that, helping people to see the father that God is to us can be an incredible way of helping them come into relationship with Jesus Christ. So today we're talking about fatherhood. I spent the first half of the show talking about being the fathers that our kids need us to be. I'm going to spend the second half of the show discussing some of the fathers that have impacted my life, and I'm going to close talking about our Father God in heaven. Well, obviously, the father that most impacted my life is my own father. Dad, I am so thankful for your humility, your relationship with God, your knowledge of and commitment to the scriptures, your desire to share your faith, your willingness to take our family to some of the craziest places on the planet to serve God, and your willingness to be obedient to him, walking by faith and not having fear of certain negative situations, your willingness 
to give away everything. Dad, I think you're the most generous person I've ever met, and I've watched you give away everything to the point of not even having for yourself. And that is unbelievably admirable. I know that you've been more focused on treasure in heaven than treasure here on this earth. And for all that, Dad, I am so thankful for your example of a father to me. I'm also thankful for all the ways you loved me growing up, all the times that you played catch with me, all the times that you took me fishing, all the times that you did so many other things for me. I still have all the different memory verse cards that you gave me and encouragements that you gave me concerning memorizing scripture and so many other things. I'm also thankful that you included me in ministry from a young age, allowing me to see God use me and not just tagging along as God used you. I thank you, Dad, for being the father that you have been for me and that you continue to be for me. I love you so much, Dad. Happy Father's Day. I also have to thank you, Russ, who, even though you're not my physical father, you've been a spiritual father in my life. And you've discipled me. You've led me in ministry. You're my boss. But I don't even like to consider you my boss or call you my boss because you're really a friend. You're one of the closest friends I have on this earth, and I have loved watching God in you and all the ways that you lead diligently, both our family and our ministry. You've been so good to set the bar high for integrity, to set the bar high for a focus and a commitment to God's word, to set the bar high for doing the hard things that nobody else wants to do. You've modeled faithfulness in ways that I've never imagined. You've been so faithful to lead and to be diligent with what God's given you to be diligent with. So thank you, Russ, for your example that you've set for me. I got to thank my grandfather, who's always provided such an example of common sense wisdom. Whenever I have questions about common sense issues, my grandfather's the first one I call because he has such wisdom about important life issues, and he has been an incredible grandfather to me. Roger, Aaron's dad, has also exemplified practical life skills. He's supported us in so many ways and every step that we've taken in ministry and in life, and he's also exemplified following God in his life. Roger, I love hearing the stories of how you share your faith at work and how you get to lead other people to Christ. I hope that you and Joanne are having a great time on your motorcycle trip. Dwight, you're not here in Durango with us anymore, but I'm so thankful that you pastored us for so many years here in Durango, and your example of fatherhood is unbelievable. Not only in a figurative sense as a spiritual father, but also as a physical father. You and Lynn have adopted so many kids in addition to your biological kids, and you've really modeled for me what it means to be a godly father, loving your kids unconditionally, even being willing to walk away from your career as a pastor to benefit your children, and specifically your child that needed medical attention that wasn't available here in Durango. It was unbelievable to hear that last sermon you preached about laying down your life for your friends and doing that specifically for your daughter so that she could have a better life. I am so thankful for the example that you've set of a godly father. There are certain teachers that so radically influenced my life, and in so doing, they exhibited a fatherly example for me. They include John Ray, who challenged me in integrity, who lived an example of godliness for me. John, I thank God for you. Ed Daly, who was so patient with us and 
was so encouraging in spite of our shenanigans has been a great fatherly influence in my life. Finally, I got to talk about some other pastors that have influenced my life. Tom Ray is one of the most godly men that I've ever met. And just being around him, you feel like you're around Jesus. He's so full of peace and humility and joy. Incredible man of God that so impacted my life at a critical point in my life. Thank you, Tom Ray. Chuck Perry also was an incredible example to me for so many years and a great fatherly example, and I thank God for him. I also have to thank God for Mark Minicciolo. Mark is the most encouraging person I've ever met in my life, a great pastor that influenced me tremendously during my teenage years. Mark, thank you for your fatherly example in my life as well. Also, Scott Stanick and Norm Schultz were two men that influenced my life at key times in my life, that played fatherly roles, in a sense, at key times in my life. And I thank God so much for both of those incredible men of God who did so much to help others, including myself, grow in our relationships with God. Floyd McClung writes that no one has ever rejected God. They've only rejected false impressions of God. And that is so true. We often associate God with our earthly fathers or lack thereof. And that is usually leading so many people to a point of rejecting God because of the poor examples of fatherhood that they've seen. I feel privileged that I've had so many good examples of fatherhood, including my own dad. So many other people in this audience right now, though, have never had that kind of good example. Well, the Bible says that God is a father to the fatherless. That's in Psalm 68, 5. So if you've never experienced the love of a father that loves you, come to God even this morning realizing that he desires to be a father to the fatherless, a father to you even if you've never experienced that before. And he is so different from any negative picture of a father that you've ever seen. Here are a few of the fatherly characteristics of God, and there are obviously so many more, but these few, I hope, will give you a bit of the picture of who he is. The Bible says that he is compassionate. The Bible says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. See, God is compassionate to us. He's loving to us. He puts our good even above his own. That is what true love really is all about. He's a compassionate father to all of his children. The Bible says that he is patient with us. Some of your earthly fathers have not been patient towards you. God is not like that. God is a patient father. He's patient with us. He doesn't want anyone to perish, and he's patient with each of us, hoping that all of us will come to him. He is a protecting father. The Bible says that God rescues and protects those that acknowledge him. Maybe your father wasn't there for you. Maybe he didn't protect you the way you needed to be protected. Well, God is not like that. He is a protecting father who will protect you in every way. God provides for your needs. Maybe your father never provided for your needs. Well, the Bible says that God provides for our needs in abundance. He is a providing father. The Bible says that God forgives us all our sins. Psalm 103.3 Maybe your father was unforgiving. Maybe he was harsh. Maybe he was 
full of vengeance and anger towards you whenever you made mistakes. I've heard so many terrible stories of fathers that treated their kids so poorly. I heard of one father, and this came from a student that I mentored many, many years ago. And the student had had a weight problem as a child, and the father would tell him every night, you're not even allowed to eat dinner because you're too fat. Could you believe the harm that that father did to this precious young boy? Just destroyed the boy's self-esteem. Completely unforgiving. Completely uncompassionate. Well, your father, God in heaven, is not like that. He is full of forgiveness to you if you come to him seeking that forgiveness. Our Father in Heaven is also a disciplining Father, but He disciplines us in love. The Bible says the Lord disciplines those He loves, and that discipline produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. He is not angry with us in His discipline. He does not discipline us harshly, but He disciplines us with love and compassion for our good so that we can become the people that He made us to be. The Bible says that God is helpful and he helps us. The Bible says that God comforts us. Maybe your dad was never there to comfort you. Well, your father in heaven comforts you. He's a comforting father. He teaches, encourages, and comforts his children. Our God is sacrificially serving, and he came to serve us, not to be served. Even if your father was self-serving, your father in heaven is not. He desires to serve you. Finally, I kind of touched on this when I described compassion, but I want to say it again. God is loving. The Bible defines God's love and the way he designed love to be, saying love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, it does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres, and love never fails. That is the picture of the love that your Father God has for you. He is patient with you. He is kind towards you. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He is not rude. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs for those who love him and obey him and follow him. He does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, he always trusts, he always hopes, he always perseveres, and he never fails. That is the Father that you have in heaven if you've trusted him. The Bible defines him as love, saying God is love. Well, if you're feeling like I have never experienced that kind of relationship with my Father God, I would ask you this morning to come to him. The Bible says that to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You can receive him and believe in his name this morning and become his child. The Bible says when you do that, you're adopted into his family. And scripture says that having been adopted into his family, you can now say, Abba, Father. That was an Aramaic term that meant daddy. You can have that kind of intimate child father relationship with father god not a detached sense of oh he's my heavenly father but an intimate relationship with him where you could even talk to him as a young child would talk to their daddy that's the kind of intimate relationship that god desires with you 
That passage continues saying, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If you desire to begin that relationship with God today, here's how you can do that. First of all, realize that God loves you infinitely. And the Bible says nothing you've ever done would cause him to stop loving you. The Bible also says that you're sinful and separated from him. Sin always separates relationships. Fortunately, Jesus, God in human flesh, came and lived a perfect life and died on the cross for your sins so that whoever would put their faith and trust in him could be saved, could be given an eternity with him in heaven and a life of meaning, purpose, and relationship with him here on this planet, experiencing his father relationship with us. I would ask you this morning, if you've never done that, to take that step and to say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to be my Savior and Lord, to forgive my sins, and to make me the kind of person you want me to be. And having taken that step, the Bible says, you'll be adopted into his family. Well, thanks so much for listening this morning. I'd invite you to New Hope. They're going to be meeting at the Storyteller Durango 9 Theater at 10 a.m. Again, the Storyteller Durango 9 Theater at 10 a.m. And I'm so thankful, again, for all you fathers that have influenced my life and for all you fathers in the audience this morning. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday afternoon, and I hope you have a wonderful Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Day.